right. Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses to the third and the final week of our series entitled Gratitudes. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us each week. Love to welcome the men and women at the St. Tammany Parish Jail and all those at the Orleans Justice Center. Can we just say it one more time? Happy Thanksgiving. Can we just do that? Is that all right? Can we do that? Just because, hey, listen, just because it's the weekend after, how I many know, as Christians, we need to be thankful every day. One, two, three. Happy Thanksgiving. Come on, let's give the Lord one more hand clap. Let's do that. Well, I am so excited. I trust you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving with family and friends. And I'm really excited this morning. We've got a guest speaker. He's really not a guest. Uh, Pastor Jim LaFoon, uh, who comes every year the same weekend. Uh, Pastor Jim is my pastor. Uh, he oversees uh, Jennifer and I, uh, our church. He's on our board as well. We have internal business people. We also have spiritual overseers, two pastors. And uh, Pastor Jim LaFoon, he's been here many, many, many years. And, uh, but he's looking strong. Come on. Looking powerful. He lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, he preaches all over the world, pastor church many years, uh, written a whole bunch of books. But more than that, he's a spiritual dad to pastor, uh, to, to, to myself and to Jennifer. And we are so grateful for you, Pastor Jim. Can we just stand up, give a warm, come on, South Louisiana, South Mississippi. Come on, all of our campuses. Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Jim LaFoon. Thank you very much. You can be seated. I have my wife, Kathy, with me here. Just raise your hand real quick with me. We've been married 40 years. She still likes me. She grew up devout Catholic. I think I must be her purgatory. Just kidding. But anyway, 40 years, still love one another. I want you to know I don't just come to Louisiana because it's my favorite place in all the world to eat. The Lord said you have three days left to live on the earth. I just come to the French Quarter and move in. But just so great to be here. I love being with Steve, Jennifer, God, it just goes on and on. Randy, Doug, my dear friends, it's just a blessing um, to be here. Um, when the Lord dropped this message on my heart, I had no idea you were in a gratitudes series. And of course, the Bible talks about gratitude, but now new, uh, neuroscience talks about it. Barbara Fredrickson, a very, very famous psychologist at a UNC Chapel Hill, wrote Love 2.0 and talks a lot about positive emotions. Basically, gratitude will change your life. In fact, USA Today, this week before Thanksgiving, talked about gratitude interventions. And then when people are depressed, broken down, they have them, they require them to do a gratitude journal. And every day just writing out something to be thankful for is life-changing. Scientists tell us today that gratitude will change your blood pressure. Gratitude will change your sleeping habits. But I want to talk to you this morning about the most powerful form of gratitude there is. I'm going to talk to you about how do you release it in your life when seemingly all hell is breaking loose in your life. When there's, you say, Pastor, it's hard for me to find something to be thankful for. Pastor, the thing I want most is proved just evasive. It's proved elusive. I want to talk to you about the sacrifice of praise, thanking God when it's hard. Praising God when it's dark. I'm going to title this message, Releasing the Power of Thanksgiving from Backlash to Breakthrough. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to help us. Lord, I know there are many here that you've tailored this message for. So thankful to be here at Church of the King and 
this great, great city of Mandeville, the greater New Orleans area. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of seeing sights all over this area of Louisiana. Thank you for how you're reaching people everywhere from Mississippi into Louisiana. I thank you for it. Amen. We're going to be in Acts 16 the whole morning, beginning in verse 16. Um, we'll allude to some other scriptures. We'll talk about the life of Paul. What is a backlash? A backlash is what happens at times when you begin to serve God. Pastor, I led that small group. It got harder, not better. Pastor, I went to foundations class. I love Church of the King. But the next thing I knew, I hit a wall. It's one thing to suffer for doing wrong. It's a whole other matter when there comes a backlash for doing right. That's what Paul faced. I mean, God had called him to this city. I mean, in a vision, God had said, go to Macedonia and preach, and here he is. Paul says, I was going to the place of prayer. I was on the way to a prayer meeting, and I was met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She'd been enslaved, trafficked for her talents. Little bound girl, and she followed Paul and us, crying out, these men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaimed to you the way of salvation. Everywhere Paul went, this little broken, captive girl, really bound by the power of the devil, would just be saying, he's a man of God, he's a man of God. She kept doing it for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, it's a deeper word in the Bible, something agitated his spirit. He couldn't take it anymore. His heart was moved with compassion for this girl, but he was wise enough to realize, if I set her free, there's going to be a backlash. If I somehow touch this, it's more than just one little girl. It's going to shake this city. That she, and you don't realize when you reach out to that neighbor, you invite that friend to what we're going to be doing here in January. Living life without regret. When you do that, at times there's a backlash. And he says, and many days Paul finally said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. How many of that's a good deed? Set a girl free. I mean, that's an act of kindness. Set her free. Broke the power of a darkness in her life. Divination comes from the word python. She had been strangled with depression, strangled with oppression. Now she's set free. Surely everyone's going to be thankful. Surely everyone's going to be so happy that she reached out and was set free. But when her owners saw their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews. They never stopped to ask Paul if he was a Roman citizen. And they're disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept a practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison, fastened their feet in stocks. Doesn't get much worse than that. One act of kindness. Set a little girl free. They're mobbed. Their clothes ripped to pieces. Their rights taken away. Paul's a Roman citizen. He never mentioned it. They beat them till they were bloody with clubs. Put them in the bottom of the prison. Maximum security. No hope. Manacled and chained. What happens? 
when all hell breaks loose in your life? What happens when you're trying? Pastor, I've tried so hard in my marriage. I've tried so hard as a parent. Pastor, I've tithed, and all of a sudden, Pastor, things have seemingly gotten worse. Pastor, that's one of you today. I really thought my spouse was healed. We had a terrible report this week. Pastor, I've done my best job as parenting. My child is just spinning out of control. What do you do when you've done your best and you're in a storm? What do you do when you've just tried to serve God, just tried to reach out, just tried to live life right, and all of a sudden there's a backlash out of nowhere? It doesn't even make sense in the natural. You realize I brought a lot of things on myself, not this one. What do you do when you find yourself in darkness? What do you do when there seems no escape? What do you do when you've been reading your Bible and doing your best and that depression comes out of nowhere? There are some of you, your depression is cyclical. It hits at Thanksgiving and lasts to the new year. It just paralyzes you. A handful of you could barely get out of bed this morning but you walked into this door and you're feeling better, but you're almost afraid to leave. What do you do when that's you? What do you do when driving to church, you just wanted to turn around and as much as you loved your spouse when you married he or she, you hardly want to be in the car with them at times. What do you do when pains gripped your soul? About midnight. Why is midnight important? Because midnight, beloved, is the beginning of a brand new day. It's just too dark to tell. I want to tell you, many of you are at the midnight hour. Your new day has come, you just can't see it. That there is a new day in your life, a new day in your marriage, a new day in your finances. Pastor, when's the new day coming? It's here, it's just dark. Plus, you're, when you're in a dungeon, when you're in a dark dungeon, it's hard to see anything. At the midnight hour, Paul and Silas were doing something. They were doing something rarely done in a prison. They were doing something rarely done in a supermax prison. In the very bottom, they were not cursing. They were not groaning. They were not moaning. And all of a sudden, there was a new sound in that prison. All of a sudden, out of the darkness, stripped of their rights, falsely arrested. No way they should be there. Paul, a Roman citizen, unlawfully beaten with clubs so they could barely walk, chained, put away. They were praying and singing hymns to God. In the middle of that darkness, in the middle of that pain, in stark injustice, having committed no crime, they begin to pray and they begin to sing and they begin to worship and they begin to thank God. And the Bible says this, and the prisoners were listening. May I tell you, your pit is your greatest platform. Your darkest moment is your greatest moment to be light. It's that moment in the hospital. It's that moment in the court. It's that moment when you're facing pain. It's that moment with your child where you gain your greatest audience and your family who's wondered about your faith is saying, let's see if it's real now. Let's see how they respond now. And out of that darkness... A sound began to be heard, never before heard in that prison. They heard worship. They heard praise. They began to hear rejoicing. They thought, man, these guys have just been beaten with rods. They brought them in here partially unconscious and bleeding. 
And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken. Why is it, beloved, that God would allow you to be brought low? Why is it that God would allow a backlash to come in your life that brings you slow? Because God brings you low, because when he delivers you, it shakes the very foundations of that which imprisoned you. And suddenly, at that moment at the midnight hour, at that moment was, oh, a shaking came out of heaven. But whenever God brings a shaking in your life, it's not just for you. It says every prison door was open. The shaking that God brings in your life, when God comes to set you free and there's been darkness, he touches your son, he touches your daughter, he touches your health, he touches your mind, he touches your business. It's not just about what's imprisoned you, it's about what's imprisoned everyone around you. And when the power of God came, it says this, all the doors were open, everyone's bonds were unfastened. You've been believing for your family? You've been crying out for your relatives. You saw them this Thanksgiving. You say, is there any hope? You went away despondent. As God touches you, watch the doors to their prisons fly open. Anyone can praise God in success. Anyone, beloved, can praise God when it's easy. But when there is this song in the night, when they begin to sacrifice that praise to God, it says every prison door was open, every manacle fell off, Every prisoner set free. They were down in the supermax. They were down with those who had been there years, life in prison, those facing execution. It opened. And the greatest miracle was the jailer said, I'll kill myself, I'm done. Paul said, no one's left. And revival broke out. How? How can this praise be so powerful? How can gratitude expressed sacrificially spring your prison door? How can it bring the earthquake power of God? How does it affect your body chemistry? How, why? Let me talk to you about the power of gratitude. Let me talk to you practically for a moment about what happens when you praise him, about what happens when you give thanksgiving. And let me tell you, the greater the sacrifice, the greater the savor. What do I mean by that? The harder it is to praise, the more potent its power is. And in the arsenal of gratitude, the most powerful form of gratitude is what the Bible calls the sacrifice of praise. Now we're going to leave Acts 16 for a moment to talk about this. The author of Hebrews, and I believe it's Paul, some say Barnabas, more than likely Paul, or some say, pardon me, Apollos. And so he, he's writing in Hebrews 13, 15, and the church is being persecuted. They're losing their goods. Some are in prison. He's been talking about the whole time, because of Jesus, we don't sacrifice animals anymore. He was the great sacrifice. Because of him, he is the one great sacrifice. But then he says this, there's something else you can sacrifice. Even though we don't give the first of our flocks, Yes, we tithe, but even though we don't give animals as we come before God, there's something else. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Paul says, no matter what you're going through, maybe your goods are being confiscated, maybe you're facing prison, maybe your son and your daughter have been taken, but if you'll offer a sacrifice of praise, something will happen. 
If you'll praise him when it seems crazy. If you'll thank him when you don't feel thankful. If you'll sacrifice praise. Thanksgiving is all about what he's done for you. Praise is all about who he is. If you'll offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. So if you'll, offer, if you'll do that, there's going to come a fruit. You see, praise is creative. It says in Isaiah 57, 18 and 19, I've seen his ways, I'll heal him, I'll lead him, I'll restore him. The mourners I'll help. It'll create the fruit of the lips. What does that mean? When you begin to sacrifice praise to God in your cell, in your hell, when it's hard, you begin to praise him. You be, and see, once you praise him, you'll soon be thanking him. You begin to praise him. As you begin to praise him, it creates something, beloved. It creates something God finds irresistible. When God finds a man or a woman sacrificing for him, praising him when it doesn't make sense. We find in Numbers chapter 15, read it for yourself later, verses 3, 7, 10, 13, or 14, it says, when you sacrifice to me, it brings a pleasing aroma. When you sacrifice to me, there's a fragrance that comes. I just find it irresistible. When some human will serve me when it's hard, when some man, some woman, some family will raise their hands and offer praise to me, it creates something. I just can't resist it. You say, man, does God love prayer? He loves praise even more. Oh, yeah, God has come, help me, help me. But when you stop saying help me and say, you're great, you're worthy, whether you help me or not, I praise you. He finds that irresistible. He finds that magnetic. He cannot resist it. It says in Ephesians 5, 2, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. He says, a fragrant offering. You begin to sacrifice praise is better than a bull. You begin to praise him. When you stand in the face of cancer, when you stand in the face of a dying child, when you stand in the face of something in your business, I praise you. I praise you. Whether you deliver me or not, you're worthy of praise. You died for me. I praise you. God says, hey, I can't resist it. Praise is magnetic. The savor of a sacrifice. God looks and goes, They've got no reason to thank me, but they're praising me. They haven't seen what they've wanted. They're still praising me. You see, praise creates a sacrifice. Praise creates an aroma that draws God, that draws him to you. But it's also connective. Many of you were depressed out here, and you feel better in here. Why? Because you praised because you thanked God. Have you ever noticed there's a pattern in our worship? We, we start out some kind of praise, and more lively music, and we slow down. Why? Because when we come here, we're going somewhere. Now, you realize when you come here, I love our great worship team. They're not singing to you. They're singing to God. Now, I appreciate humans singing to humans, and music like preaching has a power, but what our hope is is that as we thank God, as we praise him, we'll go into his presence. It's what Psalms 100 says. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know the Lord, he is God. Is he who's made us. We're his people, the sheep of his pasture. 
Enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. If you look at the Old Testament model of the, you know, the temple under Solomon, the tabernacle of Moses, there was an outer court, there was an inner court, there was a holy of holies, only the high priest once a year, but in Christ we can come anytime. What is the Bible saying? As you begin to thank me, you come closer and closer. As you begin to thank me, you come into the outer court. But when you begin to praise me, you come into the inner court. And as you begin to worship me, I bring you. And when you worship and when you praise, you're going somewhere. You're going into the presence of God. And no matter what the atmosphere is in your home, your work, your mind, the presence of God will encapsulate you. You see, here at Church of the King, when we worship, we're going somewhere. We're singing to God. Why? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. We're on the way. And one of the reasons that you feel so much better on Saturday night or Sunday than you do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday is because here you're speaking the word, hearing the word, and you're thanking him, and you're praising him. The Bible says in Romans 8, 26 and 27, Pastor Doug and I were talking about it all the way to the restaurant last night. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know how to pray. We don't know what to do. We, he intercedes through us with deep groanings too deep for words. He searches our hearts. He knows God. He prays. What does that mean? You come to those points in your life where you can barely pray. You're in agony. The Bible even describes at times praying in words we've never even heard, and we're just connected with God. There is a power to it when you praise him, when you thank him. I'll never forget putting down a dying son who got healed. Skin and bones, dying in my arms, crying over him. Lost 120 pounds from when he had played college football. Dying. I put him down and walked out into the darkness. I began to praise him. God is yours. If you take him, I'll see him again. I begin to thank you. And even though he did not change, everything I felt changed. Praise will change you. Touch you. Kathy and I have been married 40 years, still in love, still friends. We pray every night together as Steve and Jennifer. And we read our word. But we have certain nights we don't pray. We just thank God over every need. We just, we take the whole evening. We thank God for our health. We thank God for this challenge. We thank God. We praise you for what you're doing in the life of this child. We pray for all of our natural children. All of our, we pray for your pastor and his wife and their kids every night. Have we ever missed, Kathy? No. It's like family. We pray. We lift them up. Cry out to them. But when you praise, may I tell you, gratitude will always deal with your attitude. It's constructive. It says that when I praise in Jude 20, if I can build up my faith praying in the Holy Spirit, thanking him, worshiping him. Why? It takes faith to be thankful when you don't see anything. It takes faith to praise when there's no answer. It takes faith to praise for that which you want but you have not seen. I love what David said. My tears have been my food in Psalms 42. Day and night while they say to me, what happened? Where's God? But then I begin to remember as I pour out my soul how I would go to Church of the King, how I'd worship. I remembered when I shouted, when I praised, and I told my soul, why are you cast down? Why are you depressed? Why are you in turmoil? Hope in God, I'm going to praise him. Hope in God, I'm going to thank him. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. 
Oh, beloved, you've got to stimulate your spirit with faith memory. Remember what God did. Remember what God said. Praise will correct you. Correct you like nothing else. There's nothing like gratitude to deal with your attitude. There is a power in gratitude. There is a power in praise. There is a power in worship. It'll crack depression, crack selfishness, crack anger. Hebrews 12, 12 to 13 says, lift up your drooping hands, lift them up in praise, lift them up in worship. It'll strengthen your knees and help you walk right. Change starts as you lift your hands. Change starts as you praise him. Pastor Jim, I love my spouse when I married here. She don't like him much now. Begin to thank God for him. Watch what happens. Instead of spending all your time praying God to change he or she, when you're probably the one that needs to be changed, thank God. I thank God for her. I thank God for him. That rebellious child that's causing you to lose your hair or make it gray, thank God for he or she. I thank you. I thank you for your plan. I thank you for your purpose. I thank you that your words over them will come to pass. And even though I do not see it, and this Thanksgiving my heart was broken, I praise you. I thank you. That's why it says in Ephesians 5, 18 to 20, don't get drunk with wine that leads to stupidity and foolishness. Instead, stay filled with the Spirit of God. How do you do that? In church, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and in your own heart, always giving thanks to God. The Lord knows you need to medicate. Life's hard. Life's hellish. For some folks, it's opioids. Others, it's alcohol. For me, I hate to say it, it's cookies. But the Bible, you'd never know by looking, I realize. But the Bible says, if you'll go to church, if you'll worship, if you'll praise, if you'll thank him in your heart, it'll medicate your soul. It'll touch your soul. It'll affect your blood pressure. It'll help your sleep. Why is that? Because when you worship and you thank God and the spirit of God touches your spirit and God's love comes on you, his presence comes on you, all of a sudden you're showered with positive neurochemicals. And as you're showered with positive neurochemicals, your circumstance may not change but how you view it psychologically will. You see, beloved, your pit is your platform. Your darkness is your greatest time of life. You thought your family would follow Christ if he brought you up. God knew if he allowed you to go down and they saw you praise, that's what they were waiting for. We're humans with the divine God living in us. Their power they were let out of prison. They'd really planted another church right there in the jail. The first prison ministry in the Bible. Hundreds of prisoners knew the earthquake power of God. Didn't try to escape because they'd felt more of God in prison than ever felt on the outside. Why did they try to escape? They'd never felt with freedom what they felt that night in bondage. When the Spirit of God swept through that prison. Not one of them left. They realized what I just got here, I never felt out there. Magistrate sent word, let him out. Paul says, I'm not going anywhere. I'm a Roman citizen. You have to ask, and I'm going to summarize. 
Why did Paul wait till then? Why, when they grabbed him and brought him before the magistrate, Roman citizen, it scared him death. You did not beat a Roman citizen without trial. Could it be Paul knew by the Spirit if I allow the Lord to drag me into prison, things will be shaken that can never shake unless I'm here. Where are you today? Where do you find yourself? What's lashed you, smashed you, crashed you, bashed you? Life's hard. What's imprisoned you? And it's so unfair, Pastor Jim. Just so unfair. Wasn't even legal what they did to my business. It wasn't even ethical. I got the blame. I raised him right. I raised her right. Life's not fair. Pastor Jim, I've deserved, I never deserved. It's immaterial. Pastor Jim, I need a new day. It's here. It's midnight. You just can't see. The calendar's changed. It's dark, but it's changed. Pastor Jim, I'm down deep. Can you praise him? Can you thank him? Can you raise your hands in a mighty praise? Pastor Steve, join me up here. I know this message. How many of you say, I need this message this morning? Raise your hand. Stand to your feet and give God a great applause. Stand up. Let's give him a great praise. I want you to praise him where you are. I want you to praise him. I want you to thank him. I want you to let praise rise up in your prison, in your cell, in your hell. Let praise spill forth. Let praise rise up. Let thanksgiving rise up. Pray this. Lord Jesus, I praise you. I thank you for what I do not see. I praise you for who you are. I choose to praise you. I choose to thank you. In the middle of what I'm going through, I say thank you. I praise you. You're worthy of praise. You're worthy of honor. You're worthy of glory. Let's give God one great applause again. Praise him with all your heart. Thank him no matter what you're facing. He's worthy of all yes, your praise. Lord. Yes, worthy, Lord. worthy. Yes, Lord. Lord, I thank you for Church of the King. And I thank you, Lord, it's not just cell doors opening in this room. Lord, I thank you throughout all the parishes of Louisiana. I thank you from all the way into Mississippi, New Orleans. Lord, down, Father, we thank you for what you're doing. Down around that LSU campus, down around Tulane. I thank you, Father, as we praise you today cell doors are opening as we praise you today you're moving God in every site every place we speak now release say that with me release it's not just about yourself it's about your family's cell your neighbor's cell your associate's cell Lord we praise you Lord we thank you Lord we worship you you're worthy you're worthy you're worthy come on Come on, y'all stay two more minutes. We're going to sing this. Come on. They make a miracle work.
on, sing your way out of it. Yes, Lord. Sing it one more time. The way make a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Yeah. My way make a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Yes, Lord. I want to say two things to you. You know, sometimes we'll, we'll hear the word and then we, we get so busy. We, we leave church. We got so much going on. Don't let this message be forgotten. Don't let it be forgotten. I'm telling you. Let me tell you why. Because you've got challenges. You've got to praise your way through. How many know what I'm talking about? You've got challenges. The thing that I love about that message is, is this. We, we put so much energy trying to change our circumstances. When we praise and worship God, God changes us. Now we believe, I love change circumstances. All of us do. But sometimes they change, sometimes they don't. But we can always change. We can always change. Jesus, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we, we're going to praise our way through. We're going to thank you. We're going to honor you regardless of what happens. Why? Because you are worthy. You are holy. Jesus, you are amazing. We honor you and we thank you. I pray a blessing over your people. I'm going to pray our prayer team to come forward right now. Lord, we just declare the favor of God over your people. Lord, give them strength. Lord, give them a, a, a heart of honor and worship towards you, a heart to praise you, to love you, to bless you. Lord, we love you and we thank you this day in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, let's get.